Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your real estate syndication show. Uh, today, our guest is Danny Randazio. Thanks for being on the show, Danny. Hey, Whitney, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here and uh, help the listeners in any way I can. Yeah, it was a pleasure uh, to meet Danny at the Best Ever Conference that uh, Joe Fairless puts on uh, this past uh, winter, and I highly recommend recommend the conference. But uh, pleasure to meet him there. And uh, Randazio Capital made its first investment purchase in the winter of 2016, buying two commercial buildings for $1 million. Since then, Randazio Capital has utilized strong investor and lender relationships to purchase another million-dollar commercial building. He's done many other things, and I'm going to let him give us a little uh, history of how he got into the syndication business and uh, take it away, Danny. Yeah, thank you, Whitney. Um, I basically got into the business. I was having conversations with my girlfriend, now wife, um, several years ago, and we were really talking about what we wanted to get for our lives and how do we how do we want to live on a daily basis. We were living in um, the Bay Area out in San Francisco, California, and looking around and seeing how much time we spent commuting, sitting in traffic, and um, just the the mentality of um, kind of the work-life balance that didn't quite exist in California or wasn't as common. Um, everybody would get together and talk about work or how busy they were at work. Um, and it, it always kind of made me a little confused as to um, why some of these people didn't enjoy what they were doing and just kind of working to work. And so that that conversation kind of shifted our mindset to where we wanted to build a lifestyle that we love. We like to say a lifestyle that we don't need a vacation from. And for us, it's heavily revolved around real estate and having multiple streams of income coming in that we can control still you know, you work harder, you build more income streams, or you strengthen that stream in terms of the volume that it puts out, um, you can have, um, you know, control over your financial freedom. And for us, that was very exciting. And that meant real estate and having multiple investment properties that generate cash flow. So that's why we, we got started. That's how we got started. And real estate for me meant um, kind of the basics. You own an asset, you collect income from it. You need to make sure that the income covers the expenses and covers the debt service. And you should have some leftover each month to put into reserves or to put into your pocket, your cash flow. And so at a very kind of basic elementary level, um, I knew real estate was a path. It was a pretty proven path that uh, many successful, you know, top 500 wealthiest individuals in the world use to either create wealth or protect wealth. And so um, a proven path is something that I can always get on board with. And my wife was on board. So we sold everything off in California, moved to Charleston, South Carolina a couple of years ago, and just immediately started buying properties that fit our criteria. And we got started with commercial investments because the 
the numbers worked a little bit better. The cash flow is a little bit higher and the management is a little bit easier um, compared to having a portfolio of multiple single family houses, which I think is kind of the traditional way to get started. And, you know, from little on, I never really believed in following a traditional path or, you know, following the steps to go from A to Z. I always kind of learned step A and figured out how to go to maybe G or R and then to get to Z. So um, being a little unconventional and just really using basic math of income is greater than expenses and there's money left to put in your pocket, it seems like a good deal. Well, I mean, doing a million dollars in commercial property in the first year is a a pretty big accomplishment, it seems like to me. Uh, Selling everything you have, moving across the country. I mean, you were were committed, right? I mean, you were were committed to make it happen, especially in doing the two deals. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how how you had that confidence to to go into, you know, a million dollars commercial property, you know, in the first year and, and not taking that traditional path that most people feel like you have to do. Yeah, you know, it was really about being educated prior to making that first deal. So, you know, my my life has been built around investing in real estate and buying assets. Um, from early on, I always tracked my own personal income and expenses and had some finance, financial knowledge um, to calculate cost and how much... Um, you know, expenses are and things like that. So I got that level of education and that was able to carry me into being comfortable making that investment purchase. I read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read commercial real estate investing books by Dolph DeRoss. I read and listened to um, several other books and then podcasts. Bigger Pockets was a a good podcast that was out, Joe Fairless's daily real estate podcast. Um, so I was listening to a bunch of those shows, getting different ideas, thinking about what would work for me and my family. And commercial real estate was the path that we needed to follow to achieve the goals that we set out um, for ourselves. And you know, again, the basic math: income is greater than expenses and debt service, and then there's positive cash flow left at the end of the day. Um, That kind of carried me in to say, you know, I'm comfortable making this million dollar investment decision. It's unchartered waters. I haven't made a commercial purchase before, but I've bought a home. I've rented it. I'm ready to go. Um, I know how it works and let's just try it and learn as we go. How were you able to get, say, your wife on board at the time? Was she experienced in real estate at all? No, she really had no background in real estate. Prior to us moving and kind of selling everything off and going full steam ahead, um, I got her introduced to some podcasts. And so I think one tip for the listeners is if you and your significant other may have um, varying opinions of risk or of um, types of investing methodologies out there, I would say don't try to educate them from your perspective. Let others do that work. And so 
I introduced her to a Bigger Pockets podcast where it was a um, a single female who was an investor and had some similar life experience as my wife did. And she was able to resonate with her message way better than she would resonate with me sitting down and saying, let me walk you through cash on cash return analysis and you know how we factor debt service into our underwriting. I would have lost her at you know cash on cash return analysis. So introduce them to a podcast or a educational forum that they will be receptive to. And at first, my wife, to answer the question, wasn't knowledgeable of it, but she believed in me and um, took the time to educate herself on the value that real estate can bring. And she was able to be, be extremely supportive very, very quickly. That's a great answer. Let, let other people educate her. <laughs> I really like that. So let's yeah. get into that, that first deal a little bit. How, what is it? How'd you find it? You know, it was a marketed deal. And I think um, many investors had kind of looked past it the MLS listing actually had some um, inaccurate information. So the listing had it at 50% occupied. However, when I went to look at it, it was about 70% occupied. And the price um, was a little inflated, but I just made an offer on it that I was comfortable with. I offered significantly less than what they had it marketed at. And it was just perfect timing. The owner of the property was ready to move on. Um, so we came to a pretty quick agreement on the purchase price, closed that deal, and we really self-funded it ourselves to kind of prove the concept that, you know, yes, we're invested in this. We believe in real estate. We know how powerful it can be for wealth creation and we're going to give it a try. And that way, you know, we've got a, a track record to prove as we moved into syndication and joint venturing deals um, to say, yes, we've done this before. We've got our own money in the game. You know, we're here and this is what we're doing. So what, what gave you the confidence in that process? I mean, I, obviously, you know, you knew to check into that property, you knew some steps to take to figure out that it was, it was actually 70% occupied, which is a big difference from 50, you know, um, how, how did you know what to do there? What, you know, what, just from the books you read or what was it that said, you know, Hey, go do this. Yeah. I think the books certainly help in terms of, you know, what to, what to do and how to give yourself an approach to value an asset. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, real estate does not have to be very complicated. And in this situation, I said to myself, I said, okay, we're going to buy these two buildings. How many total rental units are there? There were six. How many of them currently have a tenant in there paying monthly bills? Okay. How many or how much is that total income generating? And I think we had one vacancy um, that needed to be filled. And with that vacancy accounted for, the property still cash flowed after paying all expenses and debt service um, based on where we were at. So I knew I just needed to fill this last vacant unit. 
and I would really be doing quite well with that property. And so that's what we did. We made, you know, we, we got the facts, putting it down on paper always helps. And then we established a kind of timeline or, you know, business plan for it. The space was fully renovated. It, it fully renovated. It was rent ready. And so all we had to do was market that property, get it filled. And, you know, we've been performing at 100% occupancy for the last two years. Wow. So, you know, after after getting into this property and making that happen, it's cash flowing. Obviously, you have some more confidence now. When did you move into the syndication side? You know, when did it click that, you know, we need to move to this route or do do syndication? Well, the um it was it was pretty quickly thereafter. I think we closed on the first commercial purchase in December and by February we closed on our second commercial property purchase, which was another um, million dollar office building. And for that deal, I had partners. And so it wasn't the sense of a true syndication where you have Reg D filings and you go through the SEC. But what I did is I set up a multi-member LLC. I had two investors that I was bringing in to that opportunity. And we became we all became active members of the LLC and each individual investor or partner in that deal had control over their investment and over their money. So there was no need to do any SEC filings because everyone was an active participant in how their funds were being utilized. So using that partnership joint venture setup was good for me because I had investors who um, who could close the deal and it was still a small enough group size. I wouldn't recommend doing a multi-member or joint venture setup with 20 different people. That could be very cumbersome. But having somewhere between two to four, I think is an ideal setup. And of course, based on the um, asset value as well, um, it, it can work. So we did that. I proved the concept with my first purchase. I also bought the second purchase um, a little bit less than my first one. So it was really finding a good deal. And then knowing that I had done this before, I recently bought a building. My investors were confident in me as a person, me as a um, smart, kind of financially savvy individual. And then third, my kind of real estate credibility, which was only backed up by one deal, but they knew me as a person. They knew me as a smart, savvy financial guy, and they felt comfortable in, in investing. Moving forward, do you plan to try to do larger deals or do uh, uh, partnerships like you did on that deal? Moving forward, I think I've learned some excellent lessons that those partnership or joint venture setups can create. Um, Some situations where it may be voting on what to do with the property, there's less control for the actual syndicator or, you know, real estate expert. Um, And so as I look to do more deals in the future, we're really targeting deals, two to 10 million commercial multifamily or mobile home parks um, across the Southeast US. We're targeting some 
more inland cities, not coastal cities, um, for some of the benefits that they they provide in just also diversifying from our coastal areas where most of our portfolio is held. With that being said, we will move to the true syndication route. Um, as the deal size goes up, we're going to have to bring a few more investors into each opportunity. And I think the, um, the control over the direction in which that asset is managed, maintained, and business path that's followed is really important to the success of the project. And um, the fewer the people that you can have to oversee that, I think the better it will be. So that's why we're kind of gearing towards that syndication route. Sure. Uh, any other any other lessons learned from those properties where uh, you know having the syndication model is going to be beneficial you know that maybe you didn't realize in the beginning uh, one thing that i didn't realize as well from like an investor relations standpoint um people's needs change over time and it, as well as you know someone today things can always change down the road, whether that's in a couple of months or a couple of years. Having a syndication model and having that PPM that outlines so many different scenarios for either, you know, if an investor needs their funds back, um, if an investor wants to be bought out, if you need to remove an investor from a bad situation, right? Maybe they're not um, being productive and you need to ask them to exit the um, investment agreement. You know, you can have all of that outline in the PPM. And I think that's something that people starting out may not know. Um, as you work with more people and more individuals, things are bound to go not bad, but just different. You may have a different opinion in six months about a certain property or an area and there may be an opposing viewpoint and you just cannot um, get on the same page with that person. So I would say having a PPM with a true syndication is something that's pivotal to just outline so everyone knows up front, here's how we handle all of these scenarios. That's great. So, you know, going uh, or leaving one coast and selling everything, going all the way to the other, you had to have some goals in place, right? It sounded like you and your wife at the time reverse engineered, kind of figured out where you want to be, what your income, you know, what you need your income to be. This is what we got to do to make it happen. And so how did you, how did you set some goals? Can you help us to, you know, somebody that's kind of in those, in that position, help us set, set goals, help us, uh, just, you know, finding the right opportunity? Yeah, when we were first starting out, before we even bought the first property, we had written down some goals just in terms of what what type of cash flow we wanted an investment to produce. And setting that goal, whether it is $1,000 a month, $5,000, $10,000, $100,000 a month, um, allowed us to kind of work backwards to say, what type of asset do we need to buy to produce this goal? For example, if your cash flow goal is $1,000 a month, in your average single family house in Charleston, South Carolina, 
you probably need to buy two or three single family rentals to cash flow $1,000 a month. And I'll let the listeners kind of take that into account for their market. How many single family houses do you need to cash flow to get 1000 bucks a month? Two to three in my market. And that's probably a total of maybe $700,000 in total single family residential assets. So it could be, you know, three houses that are two and a quarter a piece or 250 a piece. Um, or if you look at commercial opportunities, which is what we said, we said, why mess with these single families that don't have a lot of scale to them that are, you know, a little bit more management intensive. I said, let's look at a commercial property. And for us, buying a, I'm going to use the same numbers, a $750,000 commercial property in our market, we could probably cash flow $2,000 a month. And so it's, why would I manage three single families when I can get one same kind of total asset value? I'm going to get one, I'm going to manage less and it's going to cash flow more. Um, so that's kind of the exercise we did. And after we did that exercise, I said, okay, we're looking for commercial. We're looking in this price range, somewhere around a million dollars. And the building kind of came to me. It, it, was, it was unbelievable where I think there's so many things out there for your eyes and mind to see and hear and think about. But if you don't know deep down inside what you're looking for, you know, the diamond isn't going to rise from the hay, if you will. You need to kind of understand what you want to find first and then allow that to kind of come to you or at least open your eyes to it. The same concept in all the books where you think about a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee, right? You don't see a lot of them on the road, but tomorrow, Whitney, I bet you're going to see a lot of Jeep Grand Cherokees out there driving around because we just talked about it. Tell us the number one thing that's contributed to your success. You've got to have an uncompromising desire to achieve your goal. It, it really just comes down to spending the time to find good deals or spending the time to make relationships and expand your network that could potentially bring you an opportunity um, and it's hard work. I think there's people out there that don't invest in real estate who say, you know, oh God, you're a real estate investor. It must be nice to, you know, buy this house, flip it and make 50 grand in three months when there was so much more work involved in just the process of learning it, knowing how to do it, finding the deal, getting it closed, and then the actual you know, profiting event potentially that's out there. So it's a, it's a lot of effort. It's not for everyone, but I think if you're diligent and you have an unwavering desire to achieve your goal, you will get there. I like that Un uncompromising, unwavering desire to achieve your goals. It's, it's what it takes. Yes, it is. Um, tell us something before we have to go. Tell us something that uh, you all are excited about now. Something you're working on as we speak. 
Um, we are very excited to expand our focus. Previously, we've really kind of used Charleston, South Carolina as our farm to find good opportunities. And we, we didn't really hone into a specific asset class. We kind of looked for just good opportunities in various asset types. Now we're kind of shifting our focus to the 2 to $10 million commercial multifamily asset classes. And we're targeting Southeast US for many different reasons, but just uh, demographics and the basic indicators of job growth and population growth are there for the Southeast US. And so we're excited to target these new markets and find good opportunities where we can begin to invest out of state and uh, manage those assets and kind of grow our portfolio with additional markets. Awesome, Danny. Well, tell the listeners how they can learn more about your company and, and possibly get in contact with you. If anybody wants to get in contact with me, just go to investwithdanny.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, Danny. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, thanks. Uh, a big thank you to all the listeners who are listening today. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.